buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Brandon Fluharty. He is the VP of Strategic Accounts at LivePerson and founder at Be Focused, Live Great. Now, this was an incredible interview here. Brandon um, had experience of being a top performer and burning out as many experience. And when COVID hit, he got curious about certain things like investing more in getting proper sleep and eating healthy and exercising and being intentional about his calendar and when he does certain activities and even blocking out time for what he likes to call deep work. Now, the results were very interesting. Prior to this, he was working more and he's in the coveted seven-figure earners club over at LifePerson. So he's a super successful guy. And when he started to invest in these things, he actually was even more successful. He went from producing 7 million ARR one year, investing more in himself personally, and booking 14 million in seven months. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on Sales Transformation. How are you? Awesome. Doing well, Colin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, been looking forward to having you on. Uh, we originally chatted before the name change of the show and um, <laughs> we kind of had a little back and forth and, and here we are. So I'm super pumped to dig into your story. Um, yeah. Just start, you know, kind of the beginning. How did you get into sales and, and what happened? And let's take it from there and, and dig into, you know, where you've, what you've been able to accomplish in your career. Yeah. Um, so first, congrats on the, the new name change. I, I, I like the word transformation over hustle for sure. <laughs> I knew, I, you know, I knew that you would. Uh, I knew that you would fully support the name change. So yes, and yeah. you are not the only okay. person that gave me crap for the, the previous name, which got us so far. Um, 
but I knew that you would be a fan of the new name. Yes. Yeah. Big fan. Number one fan. Um, <laughs> so background is, yeah, I, like many people, I happened into sales. Uh, so glad that I did and uh, was not obviously anything I went to school for, uh, like many people. And um Really, you, and, you, know, you didn't get an MBA in sales in college. <laughs> no, and if they offered it, it probably wouldn't work. So, <laughs> I've heard uh, they teach sales in universities now, but yeah, uh, I think they only come across programs. a handful of them that that uh, have gotten their formal sales education in the higher education uh, world. <laughs> yeah, there's probably like four people out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so I really started my career, um, as an aspiring professional soccer player. I, um, I left, uh, college early, um, and then went back to it after I ran into some injury issues and then left again to follow my passions of, of which was still in the game of soccer. And, um, I had three job offers my senior year in, in college and I started working with, uh, the third one was too good to pass up. And so I joined mm -hmm. a youth soccer education startup out in Long Island. I, I finished school in Long, uh, left school in Long Island and, um, yeah, hero was a, a young 23 year old, you know, just thought, Hey, I wanted to get into the game and if I wasn't going to play it, I was going to, help grow the game any way that I could. And uh, I ended up sort of getting my first taste, not only in sales, but just entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. And so I was like employee number three or four, and we grew it to uh, the company uh, to over 50 in a pretty short time. Uh, it was like less than three years. And ultimately I was charged with selling our personalized and small group training packages. So that was really kind of my first foray. Um, and then after that company was sold, uh, first lesson learned was I uh, should have asked for some equity in, mm. in the company. I uh, didn't, didn't know what I was doing uh, as, a, as a young 20 something. And, um, and then some of the, some of the best lessons are the painful ones, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Got, I felt like I got all of my painful lessons out of the way early. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's pretty, that's good. Like, uh, cause like I mean, this. salespeople are naturally pretty stubborn. So sometimes yeah. they got to learn by experience rather than yes. being told. Yeah, uh, right. But I do, I love, I love the rebranding of, uh, the, the leaving college rather than dropping out <laughs> that you, that you <laughs> there use you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that natural sales spin right there. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but wow. So I, I want to dig into just kind of that first sales experience a little bit, um, yeah. because it sounds like, you know, you just jumped right in and, and had some early on success. What do you think it was? I mean, did it have maybe a little bit to do with how passionate you were about what you were selling, right? Because you're playing soccer and then you're selling yeah. these, you know, custom training packages, still, you know, being very close to something that you were passionate about. How much, how important do you think that was, or was there anything else that contributed to it? Yeah, I definitely think something played into that. Uh, and, and definitely just the fact that I didn't feel like I was selling anything. I just felt like, Hey, this is something I was excited about and something I knew. Um, mm. So I knew the game and I was, I was definitely behind the company's mission, which was we wanted, we were all young American players who wanted to give back to the next generation is, 
you know, cheesy or as cliche as that, that may sound, uh, it, it really was true. And we were all, we were a small tight knit group who believed in that mission. So yeah, to me, it wasn't like I was selling. Um, it was only looking back that I was like, Oh yeah, that's like, technically that was kind of a sales role. I was, I was selling people something right in exchange for money. And, um, it was, it just felt very natural to me. So, yeah. Yeah. So two things there, you're passionate about what you were selling up to the point where it didn't even feel like you were selling, but you were also super bought into the, the mission of what the company was trying to do. Um, there's definitely people that sit on different sides of the fence with whether you need to be passionate or be bought into the mission. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what your opinion is on that. So over time, um, you know, I've been doing this now for, for 20 plus years, technically selling and, um, yeah, there, there have been moments where I don't necessarily wholeheartedly believe in the mission. We're not going to change the world. Uh, it seems to be a cliche mission that uh, a lot of, you know, typically in the, the SaaS startup space likes to throw around. And um, certainly, I, I do believe there's a line you have to draw, right? Uh, obviously, you're not crossing any ethics issues or, you know, you're not selling anything that's hurtful. Um, but as I matured and truly became a pro seller, um, what I think becomes more important is learning to fall in love with how you, you as the person operate versus how your employer operates. And mm-hmm. I think we're, we're at a really interesting point, especially now, you know, post pandemic and kind of getting back into the, the pandemic um, as of as of recording. Um, you know, people have woken up to to this this idea that, um, you know, what what you believe in matters. And, you know, I think that that can be on the company side. But I think like this nurture, this need to nurture learning, you know, we're kind of like in, in the cross the gap of knowledge era to like the learning era. And I think people want to constantly learn and, and learn from others. And, and I think this, this idea that you yourself can become a brand um, is, is really yeah. important. I think that's both a missed opportunity. A lot of sellers are missing. And, and and like an, an important thing that um, everybody should should start to be aware of, and and so I think it starts with the individual. Like if you can sort of build that, you know, you need resilience uh, in times like that we've had over the past year and a half. But I think um, that's going to carry you forward more than the, the the time that you spend at a company for two, three, five, ten years. You know, you're in this for life, so start to, to fall in love with how you operate and start to change the dynamic around who you are as a person and sort of build your your own persona um, and sell that to the world. I think that's really critical and that's really important as you um, mature in your career. Yeah, so many good things in that. Um, yeah, there's this, this, you know, I love the concept of really investing and figuring out because a lot of early on sellers or even sellers that have been around that just really haven't paid much attention to their brand or 
you know, falling in love with what, how they operate, what they stand for, what they believe in, you know, how they value people and relationships, their network, um, you know, people, you know, whether they're creators and creating content, um, whether they're podcasters, one of the awesome, most awesome things about getting to have, you know, fantastic people like you on my show is I get to learn from a lot of awesome people and it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can ask, you know, any question that I'm curious about. So like, I think having a podcast is, is a great way to kind of scratch that itch of like, what are you super curious about? Or what are you interested in learning more about? And like having those types of people on your show can be pretty fulfilling. Um, and also kind of self-serving a little bit. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I think yeah. that the, the important piece there is, is figuring out what you stand for, right? Like finding yeah. your voice. Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, I need to create my personal brand. And I disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like your brand is who you are, like the real you. You just got to be willing to share that with people and yeah. be willing to speak up, you know, have some original thoughts and, and, yeah. and contribute, you know, whether it's just commenting on posts or original posts or having a podcast yeah. or going on podcasts or writing a book. There's lots yeah. of options. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a ton of, of good stuff there to, to really unpack because, the, that's the be- I think the beautiful thing about sales, um, when you strip it all down, you know, back to like why I really loved my first sales job, even though I didn't think I was in a sales job, is you know it was about love, right, and and doing something I had knowledge about, kind of bringing those two things together, and then the third component was like having a human interaction, mm. and. It was a very natural sell because it was something I loved. Very natural sell and very competent sell because it was something I knew about and had experience in. All I needed to do was have the the, the interaction one on one with people to not convince them to just show them, hey, here here is a good way forward. And that's something I've sort of always carried with me in my career. I never thought about. Um, one, I've never thought of myself particularly as a good seller, even though I've been successful in sales. Uh, it's kind of this weird paradox. Um, but I think it kind of comes back to it's it's a great career uh, to, to do just that and, and to be able to branch off into many other opportunities. So whether you want to be a content creator, you want to be an eventual entrepreneur, um, the best thing you can do for yourself is not show up and ask, hey, just show me what to do. The best mm-hmm. thing to do is to show up, be curious, and then say, let me show you what I can do based off of what you're putting in front of me. And then go and match, again, your, your, your passions, match your experience, and go have those one-on-one human interactions, because uh, that's really what a business conversation, that's what a sales cycle is. It's just human interactions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in that journey of like maybe a little self-discovery of, of, of how you operate or what you believe or stand it for, um, 
you might actually find out that you're not totally aligned with whatever you're doing or the company right. you're working for. That's um, right. you know, ha- have you ever kind of experienced where you didn't have that same sort of passion or, uh, you know, loved what you were doing? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise I would still be at my first job or my second job or third or fourth. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there definitely comes a point where, yeah, I think I've seen it a hundred times. It's uh, like a meme, right? Or it's like somebody tweets it and then posts it on LinkedIn. You know, you either learn or you earn or you do both ideally. And, you know, if you're not doing either, that's the time to move on. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some truth in that, in especially in sales. Like, you know, we, we are... We're money driven um, because that's just the nature. That's how we're we're measured. We're measured on bookings and revenue, and ultimately, that the outcome of that is income. Um, but I think the learning piece is also important. If you can't learn hard skills, soft skills, or self development, then yeah, that that's sort of your your mini checklist of hey. Maybe this isn't the right environment. It's time for me to to move on. And I think the beautiful thing is it's great working for others. They take off a lot of the risk, right? Of I think many salespeople are entrepreneurial in spirit, especially successful ones. That's what makes them successful. So, you know, it's kind of like your company's your 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 venture capital firm investing in you. But eventually there may come a point where you're like, Hey, I am now ready. I'm ready to be that entrepreneur. I'm ready to be that solopreneur. I'm ready to be a full on entrepreneur and start a, a, my own company or product. And I think a grounding in sales and, and the ups and downs and the, and the pains and the, the triumphs, everything that you learn throughout your career, it's one of the best skill sets and one of the best careers that can prep you for that. And I want to be ready for that when, when it's my time for sure. Yeah. And I think that there's a couple things that are important there is, you know, you may not, wherever you are in your sales career journey, you're not always going to totally just love and be passionate about what you're selling. Uh, you know, I would say it's important. It's not mandatory. But if you are learning, right, like, hey, I can go over here and this is kind of part of my longer, bigger goal of maybe becoming an entrepreneur or, you know, getting a, you know, VP of sales position or whatever the case is, kind of know what that long term goal is. And maybe there's a few steps before that that can lead to to getting where you're trying to go. Um, And that's totally okay, Right. And even sometimes it might mean taking a pay cut to like get the experience that you need to get to the next step in, in whatever that, you know, bigger goal is. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being strategic with your career and not knowing what you don't know and just, you know, just trying and, and learning. And that's how you'll evolve your career. That's how you'll develop as a person. So go out and go ahead and try it. Um, but yeah, if if you can look at taking and acquiring certain skills, or if you have aspirations to get to a certain title, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with chasing that. 
and 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 taking that and kind of building that into your your foundation your repertoire but i think it still comes back to you know if you can fall in love with how you operate and then yeah. be in a good enough environment right where you're well respected it's a good product right you know you you can have a nice wish list over here to the right but don't forget about you know your side uh it's really important and then that's almost utopia and then yeah. when you've exhausted utopia because really utopia doesn't exist <laughs> then 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 that, that's the the sign to to move on it's it's where can you follow your motivation where are you truly motivated yeah um you know the the japanese um ikigai um which is like what do i know what do, you know what am i good at uh what do i love and can i make money from that kind of bringing those those holistic parts together that's kind of like the pursuit of of life right <laughs> the pursuit of a happy yeah. life right and I know, you know, from from a lot of the people that I've spoken to, a lot of times people just get a little burnt out. You know, they might love how they operate. They might love the product or even the company or the mission or the culture. But if they're not being challenged enough, yeah. they get very bored. And yes. that's when they start checking the job boards. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's a big motivator for a lot of top performers is to constantly be challenged. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. You want to be challenged. You know, I know from experience, um, you know, there, there comes a point where it's, it's no longer about the money, right? It's, um, you know, I want to acquire certain skills or I have a more, you know, I, I really think about, you know, throwing out a lot of like philosophical stuff. Um, but I think of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, and it's very true. Um, you know, at a certain point when you're like on the fourth layer and you're getting that recognition and you're getting the awards and you're getting the, the money, yeah. you'll come to a point where it hits a wall and you're like, okay, is that now it? We're... Right. President's Club every year. That's what I'm working so hard for. There comes a point of you know, needing to reach that self-actualization and wanting to do more, whether that's teaching others, whether that's giving back, um, that's, you know, really truly, you know, trying to help the world, even if it's a small, small little tiny speck of the world. Um, yeah, it's, at some point, we're going to want to reach the top of that that pyramid. Yeah. And, and, I, and maybe you can help, you know, add some color to kind of your own experience with that, right? Because yeah. you have your passion project, your kind of way of, of giving back to kind of fulfill that for yourself. Yeah. Uh, let's dig into that a little bit. Like, you know, tell us more about that. You know, what, what is the work that you're doing? How did you come about doing that while still being, you know, sure. super successful at your full-time gig? Sure. Um, so one, I'm fortunate that I am at a really cool company that gives me the freedom and flexibility to, to do this, these things. We, we do call it, be anyone anywhere. Um, you know, even pre-pandemic, I worked remotely. Um, granted, I was on a plane probably every other week, um, meeting with prospects. Um, but the the anyone piece, I think that's kind of hard. That that's typically lip service for for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. um, but but I'm kind of fortunate that I have that freedom and and autonomy. Um, and it started really when the pan after the shock and awe of the, the pandemic, when we started to like really settle in and it was like, 
holy shit, we're going to be in this for a long time. And business is sort of put on hold. You know, everybody's kind of questioning, like, what's going to happen? And, you know, we ask those, you know, broader existential questions of like, what is this all about? What's life all about? (laughs) And um, combine that with then just being needing to feel you know, uh, a sense of worth uh, as well as like a sense of accomplishment on a daily basis because you get into this moat routine of being in the same place uh, all the time. So what what that reminded me of was my time as an, an aspiring professional player, uh, soccer player in Romania and this consistent schedule and, you know, waking up at the same time eating meals at the same time, training at the same time, I really started exploring about, well, why can't I take that sort of professional mentality, athletic mindset into my daily routine and start really being curious and investigating further of like, what happens if I really invest in quality sleep? What would be the impact of that in my work environment? would be the impact if I focused more on really being strategic with my time and my calendar. So I'm not on a zoom call and a zoom call and then back to back zoom calls all day long. Cause that's not satisfying. What if I committed to being really thoughtful about how I said no and focused on deep work instead, really satisfying work where I can get into a flow state. And I actually like wanted to gamify that and, and make that something I, I look forward to every single day. So I started just like tinkering with a lot of things. Um, and I started tinkering with data from like wearables, like whoop and my, and measuring my sleep data. I started using a really cool tool called Sunsama um, that made this concept of deep work, like real, <laughs> like a real possibility. Um, Give me an example. What do you consider? I'm super curious about all of these things um, because I'm a big believer that investing in yourself personally is going to make you perform better professionally, not, you know, putting in 16 hour days and working weekends. Um, You know, and I, I do a lot of things and I never work more than eight hours and I'm pretty close to a point where I could give up Fridays and, yeah. and, and not work Fridays anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and your, your, your athlete example of, you know, consistency sounds like my lifestyle. <laughs> because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit, <laughs> at least, you know, yeah. Monday through Friday. But when I'm home with the kids, it's a little different. Um, yeah. having consistent, the only thing that's consistent with them is inconsistency. <laughs> so, yeah, um, exactly. So I'm super curious about all of these things, but, yeah. uh, the first question that kind of comes to mind is so like, Tell me, like, what is deep work? Like, what is that? Yeah. So deep work is making a intentional effort in I'm going to use my time to work in a very undistracted environment so that something meaningful can be an uh, an output of that work. So that could be taking 
a prospect that you're working on and going mm-hmm. really, so we're in at live person, we're in the B to B to C SaaS space. We, we help redesign conversational um, experience, experiences, customer experiences, and, and bring that to light in a really conversational way. So it could be you saying, okay, instead of two or three meetings that got put on my calendar, um, I'm going to be thoughtful about how I'll respond to those and really question if I need to, to be in attendance. And then I'm going to clear my schedule and say, okay, I, I am going to dedicate the time to go deep on really understanding this prospect that I'm working on their customer experience today. Um, and I'm going to go and create a vision because I know if I put in that deep work, the work's going to pay off for me when I'm in front of that prospect and I have the opportunity to talk about our transformative technology, I'm, I'm going to be able to hold their attention because I've mapped out every single detail of the consumer experience from waiting on hold to what it's like to buy something on their website and so on and so on. That's okay. what I mean from about deep work in the context of a salesperson. Mm, okay. Number one, um, I'm sure everybody's curious, how you how do you get out of the meetings? Because I'm sure they would love to get out of those <laughs> <Yeah>. meetings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe you should have some tips around that. And yeah. then we can t- talk about how to schedule some deep work. So, yeah. um, So looking at your calendar could be an option. Hey, you know, are these meetings necessary? Can I get out of them? Or how about even just like having some dedicated time blocks that yeah. are for deep work and you yeah. you know you might not have a specific activity attached to it, but you have times that you know you're going to dedicate to that and then whatever is a priority for that particular yeah. time can can go into that. So I think that right there is the is the very practical tip is time block your calendar, um, you know, live and die by by your calendar. And, and here's sort of the the synopsis of everything that I developed that, you know, to your your what you were discussing earlier, you know, this passion project of mine, I call it Be Focused, Live Great. And I took all of these learnings over the like the past year and a half and I was able to prove to myself for one. Um, I can sell more and do it, not straining myself, working around the clock, double caffeinating myself in the afternoon and, and you know, hustling all, uh, at, at all hours to, to make it work. I was so, able so to- was that your lifestyle prior to going down this path? Similar, somewhat? Uh, yes. I would rely on caffeine a lot because I was, you know, on a plane often. Um, my diet wasn't a key priority. There would be moments of having to go to bed at 12, one, wake up at three something to catch a, you know, five o'clock flight, um, you know, fly in for the day, get ready. You know how it goes, you know, working on these really large pitches. You got to work really late in the night to prepare, 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 because you have so much going on during the day and everything is like cramming for that exam. And then, uh, and then you gotta be on, right? To, to be able to present in, in front of the, the client or the prospect. 
So yeah, I wouldn't say it was like I I definitely aspired um, pre-pandemic. I wanted a healthier lifestyle, and then because the pandemic put all those variables um, to the side, I was able to have the consistent schedule. I was able to dedicate good time for for quality sleep. I was able to have a really good routine, and the output of it was the two and a half years leading in, you know. To the pandemic, very very successful. I closed like a, a built eleven million dollar a year business in ARR. Um, pandemic, obviously, business was quiet for for several months. But for seven months, I was able to book fourteen point one million. Kind of following this, you know, more consistent, uh-huh. healthier work. What felt like working less. Wow. And, and so the sum of all that was, Hey, the first priority for me is my health. When I'm healthier and I'm well rested, I'm going to be better for my prospects and my teammates. When I focus on no more than four hours in meetings and I give myself four hours for deep work, I can get really quality work done, like really compelling proposals and presentations. And then finally, I, I've got to keep myself in a good mood and challenged and satisfied. So I sort of create these five intentions of, you know, working out, um, you know, a wellness activity, being mindful um, and spending time with, with my wife and, and sharing, you know, content with the world, like sharing a discovery about myself and my career to, to others and when I do those things, and it's almost like I keep score, um, and I just was tracking this in a very simple Google sheet, I came up with something I call a Thrive Score. And when my sleep is good and my my schedule's like well aligned, uh, and I complete my five intentions, that adds up to a really high Thrive Score. And the more times I I hit that high Thrive Score. Um, the natural output is good business closing deals. So the pandemic sort of, you know, stopped travel, which kind of opened up this space for you to test this theory. um, Probably after maybe feeling a little burnt out Mm -hmm. and, Yeah. And and create a you know simple process of this of you know this thrive score over these you know key intentions, mm-hmm. and the result was you sold more. I sold more. That simple. So there's the proof right there. Yeah, and not once focusing on obviously if, you know follow a sales process and a sales framework, but I didn't obsess about those things. I almost didn't even obsess about the sales metrics. Oh, I need this many calls, this many meetings to back into closing business. Honestly, what I measured the most and what was going to be the most predictive KPI for my success that week was how much sleep debt I was in. Comes from an app that I use, uh, Rise. And it understands, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, are you hitting the, the target amount of sleep that you're supposed to, to be in, which typically seven to nine hours for the, 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 the average human? Um, and if I dip below that, 
I knew like I would hit a wall in the afternoon and I was really trying to push myself through not caffeinating because if I caffeinated in the afternoon, then I would hit another wall and I, it would wreck my sleep and just put me in this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So it, it just helped me to reprioritize a lot of my, um, a lot of my focus and, um, I was able to, to, to start looking at my calendar because, again, going back to this principle of living and dying by my calendar, um, I knew whatever I would put on my calendar would be um, what ultimately gets me a step closer to getting a deal done or a step closer to what's really important in my life um, and, and what I'm trying to achieve personally. So the system that this Thrive Score helped to to create is um, okay. I'm going to throw out a lot of frameworks here is not to be like all consulty and frameworky, but um, cause the world doesn't need another framework, especially in sales. But I came up with a couple of things. One, um, this framework called prep, which is plan, rest, effort, and perform. And so what I would do is always plan the next day, the evening before. It was like the last task that I would do for work the day of would be planning what tomorrow looks like. And part of that is blocking off tomorrow's schedule. So nothing inadvertently, those little niggly type of meetings that we all sort of ask yeah. ourselves, why am I a part of this? Uh, can't be put on my schedule because I would block off based off of my energy states. Now, those energy states, which will transform into my effort, um, comes from like this data that I get from Whoop and my wearables and Rise. And I've tried to align now my effort to my natural circadian rhythm. So when I wake up, I want to give myself quiet time a morning before the, I even look at email, before I check social media. I give it to myself. That's my quiet time to read and learn and, and elevate my, pay my future self forward. My, mm -hmm. my energy state's really, really good. So I kind of look at that as my warm up. After my warm up, I'm tackling my hardest task because my energy's high. And then I'll get into my meetings. Then I'll get into checking emails. And then the natural dip will happen in the afternoon. That's when I'm going to go, um, you know, clean up the CRM. That's when I'm going to do the mundane work um, or rest or, or, you know, whatever, go take a walk outside. Um, and then I'll, for me personally, I'll have a natural rebound in the evening, like around this time, it's 6.30 Eastern time, my time right now. And right now I'm like in creative mode. So this is a great time yeah. to do a podcast episode. This is a great time for me to do some strategic thinking or maybe even work on that proposal um, that, that I want to really excite the prospect about. So I, I, I really, and then I use, uh, back to this really tool, cool tool that I was, I was talking about Sensama. That's what it's about. It, it, it integrates your calendar. It integrates your email and integrates like your task. And it gives you like this one pane of glass to sort of manage your, and you kind of feel like you're orchestrating a band. And this is like where you get in that flow state and you're deep where you have everything lined up. And because I have everything labeled by the energy level, 
And I can just naturally say, okay, oh, this is a peak activity. I'll push that to the morning. This is a dip activity. That's perfect in the afternoon. And my whole day is lined up there and I can see perfectly, just like you, mm -hmm. I'm going to work eight hours. That might not be eight hours straight. That might be eight hours over a 10 hour period throughout the day because I'm getting up and I'm breaking and I'm walking. I might even take an afternoon nap. I'm going to, uh, you know, really operate in an interesting way that's more natural to me physiologically and emotionally and psychologically. So that, that was really important. And then this, this other piece that I sort of developed was uh, this concept of flexiplenurious. <laughs> and you're like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's flexible, disciplined, and curious. Mm. And, and kind of combining the, the, the three. And the, the, the way what I learned from this is the way I approach a day or I approach um, – sales opportunity or I approach a project is I want to be disciplined at the start. So that could be the start of the day or start of the project, start of a sales cycle, like a world-class athlete. That's when, again, I'm going to warm up. I'm going to do all my prepping to get ready for uh, the competition, get ready to win. And then the middle part of the day, middle part of the project I'm going to need to be flexible and I'm going to need to operate more like a artist, really creative mm. artist. And the best creative artists are in the moment. They're in the zone. They're in their flow state. So that's where I'm going to, again, things are going to be coming at me, right? From my teammates, they're going to be coming at me from clients and prospects I'm not going to be able to control everything. So I can't be so disciplined. I need to be flexible, but I'm going to do it in a very thoughtful way. Uh, like that artist who's like just in the zone and in the moment. Um, so that's really important in the middle. And then in the end, so the way I end my day is using this data that I collected and I'm because of the ups and downs and the emotions of sales, I got to take that emotion out of it and be curious like a scientist. And so I'll use the data to be objective and say, very simply, you set out for, to do five intentions. Did you accomplish them? I'll score myself on that. Did you set out, did you accomplish everything that you wanted to do from a, a deep work perspective? All those tasks that you, you wanted to accomplish, did you do it or not? Um, and what could be better, right? In that meeting that you were in front of a, a prospect, pitching to them uh, the, the big proposal, how did it go? Um, can I objectively deconstruct that? And so it was a little bit of the, the analysis is, is part of my daily review and then planning for tomorrow and just like taking the emotion out of it and being curious about how anything that I do can be just 1% better tomorrow. So flexiplenurious, bringing the three of those things together, along with plan, rest, effort, and perform, um, that's the nexus of what Be Focus, Live Great is all about, so that I can continue to elevate and operate a really high elite level. And what I want to do is just, you know, I learned this the hard way, and um, yeah. I want to be able to, to sort of package that up and, and give that to other 
other sellers out there or knowledge workers. It's such awesome work. I mean, there's so many people that I know haven't figured out this yet and could greatly benefit. You know, you've already done the hard work of proving out that it works and yeah. uh, even created some words that <laughs> might make people's heads spin a little bit. Um, yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much for like really breaking it down to where I think people um, are going to be curious to learn more about this yeah. or curious about maybe experimenting with some of these things themselves. You know, what happens if I get proper sleep? Like, am I going to sell more? What happens if I don't waste a bunch of time in meetings that I don't necessarily need to go to, you know? Um, so this has been awesome. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. You know, where can people learn more about you and, and this awesome work that you're doing? Yeah. Um, so the site for Be Focused, Live Great is just BeFocusedLiveGreat.com. Um, def definitely invite everyone to check it out and join the movement, kind of learn about what we're doing there. And then obviously the, the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, very active there on a daily basis. I share a lot of insights and, and cool content and resources there. So please look, look for me on LinkedIn and, and connect with me there. Awesome. We will share both your LinkedIn and, and, and the website link there in the show notes for everybody so they can check them out. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.